the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor, and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, and I'm coming at you on AM860, The Answer. You can reach me 9 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time, right here in the Tampa Bay area, if you have a radio on AM860. And we're also an iHeart station, so you can grab me on your cell phone anywhere in the world. Also, you can get me on the Internet if you have speakers or a headset or a microphone connected to your computer. Just go to drbillradiomd.com and click Listen Live. That's drbillradiomd.com and click Listen Live. If you'd rather go to the station and click Listen Live, you can do that at am860theanswer.com. That's am860theanswer.com. Well, first, we have to comment on the carnage in Pittsburgh yesterday at the synagogue, a terrible situation. Eleven people are dead so far. Um, Our hearts go out to the Jewish side of the family and to the police officers who were involved and injured. I don't know if any of the police uh, have died yet. Do you know, Bill, did did they have any fatalities or were they all just injuries? They're all injuries. So there were 11 fatalities within the synagogue, and uh, that's the Jewish side of the family. Everybody's getting hit schools, Protestants, Catholics haven't been hit lately, so that's a good thing. The Catholic side of the family seems to be okay for the moment, but uh, we'll send our prayers and our thoughts out uh, to all the families and to the city and to the country, all the people who are affected by this. Well, we've got a big election coming up, and we can't let anything interfere with our single-mindedness about keeping control of both the state and federal legislatures and judiciaries and all the other aspects uh, of the executives, too, because we've got the governor's race here in Florida. So we've got a lot going on, and today I want to talk about the amendments here in Florida. First, we'll give a a shout-out to all the Republican candidates who are on the ballot here in Florida. Remind everybody to get out there and vote, and let's keep this economic and conservative movement going. Uh, The country is prospering. We're all doing well. We do need to address health care for those who are less fortunate. Uh, And I think that if we have a solid Republican House, Senate, and the White House, that we'll be able to get something done. Now, these people are talking about changing health care laws at a state level are just blowing smoke because 
you you can't change Medicare at the state level. Medicare is a federal program, and Medicaid is fairly well regulated as well. That's a federal program that's administered by the states. Uh, so I, I don't think that uh, all this democratic flap trap about health care at the state level being changed or amended or fixed is is anything of substance. It's just nonsense. So you just have to ignore that. Well, on the ballot, I would refer you to Pinellas County Republican Party's website. They have ballot recommendations. And basically, they're, they're pretty straightforward Republican. The United States Senate, Rick Scott, uh, representative in District 12, uh, Congress, Gus Bilirakis, and then in District 13, I think that's my district, George Buck, Florida Governor, Ron DeSantis, good guy. I like him. I like what he has to say. State Senator from District 16, Ed Hooper, District 24, Jeff Brandis, District 64, James Grant, 65, Chris Sprawls, 66, Nick DeSiglia, District 67, Chris Ladvala, District 69, Ray Blackledge, Florida Attorney General, Ashley Moody. We like pretty girls up there. That's good. Florida CFO, Chief Financial, Chief Financial Officer, Jimmy Petronas. Florida Commissioner of Agriculture, Matt Caldwell. I think we spoke with Matt out at the, uh, out at the Trump rally back in October or September or whenever that was. Board of County Commissioners for District 6, Kathleen Peters. Florida Supreme Court Justice Alan Lawson, District Court Appeals Justice Anthony Black, District Court Appeals Justice Daryl C. Casanueva, that's a no on Casanueva, do not vote for him. He is a liberal and a judicial activist. And then uh, District Court of Appeals Justice Ed LaRosa, yes. Uh, District Court of Appeal Justice Susan, Susan H. Rothstein. I can't pronounce her second name. It's a hyphenated name. That's a yes. And then it goes down to the school boards and fire districts, and I'm not really uh, up enough on that to say anything. So but let's talk about the constitutional amendments. I mean, th this, is, this is a unique state. I've never seen a state that puts so many things up for constitutional votes, and I've lived in uh, Kentucky, South Carolina, Louisiana, New York, Pennsylvania. Uh, I've lived in probably a dozen states, and I have never seen anything like the Florida constitutional amendments. This is really the vox populi of state constitutions. We've had about five state constitutions in Florida since it was uh, seized illegally by General Andrew Jackson, later President Andrew Jackson. And uh, there was just a handful of Spanish soldiers that were manning a fort, and he ran them off in a hurry. And I think we paid some money f to Spain for the, for the territory. And uh, I believe it became a state in the 18... 30s, 1840s. The Constitution originally was the holdover from the Spanish Constitution for the territory, but the uh, United States Congress made the 
state rewrite its constitution to conform to its wishes, and I think that's part of becoming a state. So it's been rewritten several times, the last in the 1960s, and uh, expanded the ability to amend the Constitution by popular vote. And it can come up in a number of ways through the legislature, through uh, petitions, and so on and so forth. So it's it's a fascinating uh, array of amendments that or some some of them don't make any sense that they're all strewn together that you'll have three different things on one amendment. So the first amendment is to increase the homestead property tax exemption. Uh, it grants an additional twenty five thousand homestead exemption for homes over one hundred twenty five thousand, and there's also a, a decreasing tax break there for homes between one hundred and one hundred twenty five thousand. This sounds like a good idea to me. Now, of course, the uh, the opponents to this are going to be the Florida Association of Counties, the Florida Education Association, the League of Cities, the Policy Institute, League of Women Voters, Progressive Florida, Southern Poverty Law Center. And um, it doesn't hurt my feelings a bit. Now, this would not affect money for uh, the school districts. This would There would be an exclusion for the school districts. So the school districts could still tack on uh, taxes and there'd be no further uh, allowance of deductions from the homestead exemption f- when it came to taxing for the schools, which is fine with me. I don't have a problem with that. Although I'm more and more favoring uh, homeschooling and uh, uh, school vouchers, and I think that the whole landscape is going to change in the next 50 to 100 years as computers become more prevalent and people are teaching their kids or the kids are learning at home off of the computers or the electronic devices or whatever comes along. So uh, I would vote yes on this and let the jurisdictions worry about their money. I mean, they're throwing it away for God's sakes. The the, the city buses here in St. Petersburg are 95% empty 90% of the time. I mean, it's just stupid. And you have to ask yourself, why does the left want this? Well, it, you know, it, it adds a convenience for the indigent, of course, but it also creates jobs at a city level with benefits and retirement plans. And so you have these huge buses, and they're belching out all of this carbon dioxide and water. And water is the number one greenhouse gas, and carbon dioxide is the number two greenhouse gas. And you would think that the left would be saying, wait a minute, this isn't ecologically sound. Why are we doing this? But oh, no, 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 no. So... It's a yes on Amendment 1. Let's vote yes on that. Amendment 2, limitation on property tax assessments. A yes vote would make permanent the 10% limited on on increases in tax value for non-homestead property, thus reducing tax bills. Non-homestead property would be uh, second homes, vacation homes for people from out of state, uh, property that you have in your business, like I have ultrasound machines and nuclear cameras and medical equipment and tables and all that. And I have to pay taxes on that as well. So it would limit this to a 10% increase. Great. I'm all for that. And it would continue to deny local government, excluding school districts, tax revenue they would otherwise collect from rising property values. So the idea is to force the local jurisdictions to be budget conscious and to put into effect spending plans that make sense and to quit buying stupid things like buses 
and uh, and and get some responsibility into the local government. It, it works for me. Supporters, Florida Association of Realtors, of course, for Second Homes, Florida Chamber of Commerce, Florida Tax Watch, and opponents are the League of Women's Voters. What's up with those women anyway, those women voters? That amendment, which one was it? I think the 19th. I'm still scratching my head about that. Okay, voter control of gambling in Florida. I have no idea what the big deal is. Basically, this would require that voters approve a constitutional amendment through citizen initiative to authorize any new casino gambling in Florida, essentially stripping the authority from the legislature. And this would, I guess, take some of the lobbying and the kickbacks and payoffs out of the legislature for these uh, gambling houses preclude constitutional approval of casinos through other means, including amendments offered by the legislature or the CRC, continue to allow the legislature to approve other types types of non-casino gambling, such as poker rooms, bingo, lottery, and fantasy sports, allow the legislature to oversee, regulate, and tax any casino-type gambling, but it would not affect the state's ability to negotiate casino agreements with Native Americans. Uh, so I guess that means that the legislature would have less incentive to vote one way or another since they're not getting kickbacks. I, I'm assuming that's the the idea. Oddly, the supporters are Disney Worldwide Services, Florida Chamber of Commerce, Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association, League of Women's Voters, No Casinos, Inc., Seminole Tribe of Florida. Of course, Seminoles will be happy because then it'll be harder for competition to come into the state. I don't think there are any opponents on that. I'm going to guess that's going to pass. I don't, I don't have any input one way or another. Uh, I don't think it's really going to affect my life one way or another. But you vote how you feel. Voting restoration amendment. And this would allow those who've finished a prison sentence and parole to earn the right to vote back except for those convicted of murder or felony sex offenses. So they would be given the right to vote. Uh, it would grant felons, excluding murderers and sex criminals, the right to vote after completing all the terms of their sentences. And the uh, governor's clemency board studies, which I have not reviewed, so we're going to have to just take the word of one of the local newspapers on this, have shown that recidivism rates drop about 30% if the persons have their voting rights restored after they get out of prison. And another study shows that with a lower recidivism rate, cost of incarceration goes down. If you drop the uh, recidivism, the uh, recurrence of crimes by 30%, uh, that's 30% of the ex-prison population that doesn't go back to jail. And employment goes up. And, and that the positive impact on the Florida economy is $365 million per year. Not a lot of money. But uh, if this is true, it certainly makes sense. A no vote would continue the current requirement that felons wait a minimum of five years before applying to have their voting rights restored and then appear before the governor and cabinet to appeal for those rights. And it would continue allowing the governor and cabinet sole authority to determine whether a felon, felon is approved to vote again. So um, I don't know what the... Uh, upshot of that will be if you take the governor's clemency board studies, which again, I have not vetted, so I can't tell you if they're accurate or not. 
then it would sound like a good thing. If you have strong emotional feelings and you think that ex-felons should be forced to jump through more hoops, then you'll vote no on that, more hoops before they get to vote. The supporters are the ACLU, Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, Florida's Floridian, Floridians for a Fair Democracy, Florida Policy Institute, Florida Educational Association, Florida National Organization for Women, League of Women Voters, so on and so forth, Southern Poverty Law Center. It sounds like a liberal initiative to me, but again, I, I just have not vetted it. So uh, I'm going to vote no on it just because I don't know enough about it. If you feel that the Governor's Clemency Board study is relatively accurate, then you'll vote yes on that. Amendment 5. Now, this is a good one. This is really good. Supermajority vote required to impose, authorize, or raise state taxes or fees. I love this. It requires a two-thirds vote of the legislature to approve any new or increased taxes or fees rather than a simple majority. And a yes vote on this would require a two-thirds vote by the state house and senate to increase existing taxes and fees or impose new ones require that any new or increased taxes or fees be voted on in standalone bills exclude local government from any supermajority requirements if they choose to raise taxes or fees so your local jurisdiction would not be involved in this this would just be at the state level of course the question is what do you do if you want to build a new toll road and you have to have a two-thirds majority. That might make it a little bit tough. Uh, and will this stand up under uh, constitutional review? I don't know. I, I don't know. A no vote would allow the legislature to continue approving on a simple majority vote. <clears throat> and it would be, allow the legislature to continue bundling taxes and increase increases with bills that include other measures. So... The supporters of the Florida Tax Watch, the Florida Chamber of Commerce, the opponents, Florida Education Association, Florida Policy Institute, League of Women Voters, Progressive Florida Southern Property Law Center, of course, because they want to see more tax money and more tax revenues, and they want more public spending. So if you want to decrease public spending, put more responsibility and more oversight in, into uh, public spending at the state level and taxation, then you'll vote for this Amendment 5. That's Amendment 5. Amendment 6. Amendment 6 is, let's see what Amendment 6 is. It's the rights of crime victims and judges. Now, this is, this is for me, uh, a very problematic amendment. It's got two or three things sewn into it. Uh, under the guise of giving crime victims more rights under the state constitution. Uh, now, the, a yes vote on Amendment 6 would enshrine in the state constitution an array of victims' rights, many of which are currently in state law, and like many laws, are not being enforced. And it would place new time limits on filing appe appeals. It would require that victims receive some type of written notification of their rights. Eliminate the existing constitutional provisions that ensures victims' rights don't infringe on the right of accused criminals. So uh, this would eliminate constitutional provisions which may or may not hold up uh, under Supreme Court review. 
that ensures uh, victims' rights don't infringe on the rights of accused criminals. So what does that mean? That means that if you're a victim of a crime, that your rights, uh, at least in our state, would supersede in many instances the rights of the criminals. And that sounds great on paper, and I don't think anybody would argue with that, uh, but uh, I don't think that this is going to stand the test of a constitutional review at the federal level. Raise the mandatory retirement age for Supreme Court justices and judges from 70 to 75. This is the red flag, guys. This is the problem. The three liberal judges that were appointed by, let's see, who by, by Lawton Childs, who was a Democrat, are Barbara Periente, Fred Lewis, and uh, Peggy Quince. Now, these three judges are all due to retire, mandatory retirement, age 70, in 2019 at the beginning of the year and just a few months away. And guess what? If you extend their retirement age from 70 to 75, then assuming that we have a Republican governor, that Republican governor is not going to be able to replace them uh, for, or no governor can replace them for another five years. They'll be, they'll still be there. So this is for me very problematic. And for this reason and this reason alone, I am voting against this amendment six. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer is popularizing it with his advertisements on TV. And I, Apparently, he's a Republican. I don't know how conservative he is, but he claims to be a Republican. And he is uh, personally involved in this because his father was killed in the Virgin Islands, U.S. Virgin Islands, by a black activist back in the, I think, in the, in the 1960s or 70s. And then his sister was raped and murdered. And he uh, was not informed of the criminals coming up for parole. He, he, at least with his father, he didn't know when they were released. He did get some notice on his sister's perpetrator. And so he lost two family members to violent crimes. Uh, and they were, they were pure victims. Nevertheless, a lot of what is in the amendment is already in the state statutes. So there's not going to be a whole lot gained other than to bring it up to a higher level as a, and, or rather as an amendment to the Constitution. And so I don't think that this is going to make a lot of impact. Uh, I think that this can be handled through the legislature. And we do not want to extend, at least not at, at this time, at this term, at this uh four-year interval, the retirement age from 70 to 75 for state Supreme Court justices because it will leave three ultra-liberal judges on the bench, judicial activists. So I would vote no on this, even though you may have an emotional dog in, in the fight here. Um, we can handle this at the, at the legislative level. Let's do that. The supporters of this are the 
or 37 of the Florida sheriffs and the Florida Smart Justice, which I have no idea what that is. 37 Florida sheriffs, I don't know how many counties we got in the state, probably around 100. So this is not a majority of the sheriffs. And I'd be willing to bet, I'd bet you a dime to a dollar that these are all relatively big city Democratic sheriffs. The opponents of this are the ACLU of Florida, and this is uh, probably a situation where we're going to have to side with the ACLU on this issue. Florida Public Defender Association, League of Women Voters, Voters of uh, League of Women Voters of Florida, Southern Poverty Law Center. So I think that they're shooting themselves in the foot by voting no on this because really this is going to affect the balance of the Supreme Court in Florida and it will open the opportunity. And I'm going to assume that Rick DeSantis is going to win this election and it will give him an opportunity to appoint three more conservative judges. So vote no on Amendment 6. That's a no on 6. No, 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 no. And, you know, Kelsey Grammer uh, is an interesting guy. I mean, he's done extremely well. His father was a performer. His mother was a performer. I guess his father moved to the Virgin Islands in the 1960s. I'm not sure why he moved his family down there, but uh, he did. And the Virgin Islands are predominantly black. You know, they're former slave islands, no doubt. And they're part of the United States. They're a territory like uh, Puerto Rico or Guam or uh, American Samoa. And so they're part of us. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful island group there. I mean, they're they're gorgeous. Uh, Charlotte and Mali is a really cute city. Uh, that's the capital. And uh, it's it's a wonderful place to visit. I've had friends who have had homes there. As well as in the British Virgin Islands, I have uh, a couple from Canada that have a home in the British Virgin Islands, and they've been living there. They got whacked by the hurricane last year, and they're still rebuilding. Nevertheless, uh, I, I wonder, uh, the 60s were a restless time, no doubt about it. I was there, and I hit the street for a few years. And I guess that uh, it's a legitimate thing for a young man with a family to seek out new frontiers. And if he were a performer and somewhat of an activist, uh, that might be attractive to move to the Virgin Islands. You know, that whole Jimmy Buffett thing. So it's not surprising. And then uh, Kelsey has done extremely well as a singer and actor and performer. He's been in movies. He's been on stage. Uh, he's done voice acting. He's had records. He's um, been backup singer for some, some big-time people, uh, some star hit, uh, head, headliners and stars. And, uh, you know, you can't take away from him his successes. Now, apparently he struggled with alcohol and drugs, but that's not uncommon in that industry. I'm not going to hold that against him. And I'm sure that his heart is in the right place uh, when it comes to the amendment uh, to expand victim rights in Florida. But again, uh, we have to hold the line on judicial activism. That's the more important and greater uh, good here, the greater the greater goal is to continue on with our march towards conservatism. And the only way that we're ultimately going to be able to achieve that is to change the balance of the courts at both the state and federal level. So again, on 
Amendment 6 to the Florida Constitution, it's a no vote. That's a no vote. Uh, we get to Amendment 7, and it's the first responder and military member survivor benefits public colleges and universities. And this creates a supermajority requirement for universities to impose new or increased existing student fees and trends in the Constitution guidelines for the state college system mandates that employers or the state pay a death benefit to first responders and members of the military killed in the line of duty. Um, I don't know. I, I, I got to tell you, this is mixed for me because if we're going to maintain our status as some of the most prestigious state universities in the country at this time, and we are rapidly uh, rising to the top, and, and it's easy to see. I mean, look, if, if you're a doctor or a professor or a professional or a skilled laborer or a journeyman, and you have the choice of living in Detroit, Michigan, or Buffalo, New York, or the Twin Cities in Minnesota, or moving to Florida and living in South Florida or South Central Florida, what are you going to do? I mean, if you have an opportunity to come down here and the pay's good and the cost of living is the same or even less than where you're moving from, and you don't have to shovel snow, well, what do you think you're going to do? And we want to attract the best professors and the best administrators that we can to our school systems. So I, I don't know. I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. Um, the increases in the state uh, tuitions seem to me to be an inevitability that we're going to have to compete with the rest of the country when it comes to salaries for professors. Uh, we're going to have to build new facilities. We're going to have to expand what we have. And I can tell you from my own son's experience uh, going to the University of South Florida, they ran out of dorm rooms over at the Tampa campus, and they ran out of dorm rooms over here at the St. Pete campus. And he lived for one full year in the Hilton Hotel downtown St. Pete uh, across the street from the campus. So obviously the state system, the state school, college, uh, higher education system needs to continue to be funded. And I'm kind of iffy on this. I'm also iffy as to why we have to pay death benefits uh, for first responders. Uh, I would think that if they're in the military or if they're in the police department or the fire department, they're going to get uh, death benefits anyway. So I'm, I'm probably going to vote no on this. Uh, I'll leave it up to you, but uh, I think that we need to continue to bring money into the state uh, educational system, and if that means increasing fees from time to time, we have to do that. Well, I'm going to go wet my whistle here and grab a cup of Joe, and Bill and I will be right back. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Expressions of sympathy over the murder of 11 people at a Pittsburgh synagogue yesterday rolling in from around the world now. German leaders are mourning the victims, stressing the need to push back against anti-Semitism. 
Chancellor Angela Merkel's spokesman quotes Merkel on Twitter as offering her condolences and saying that, quote, all of us must confront anti-Semitism with determination everywhere. President Frank Walter Steinmeier voicing his dismay at the attacks in a condolence message to President Donald Trump. Pope Francis is also grieving. He spoke today about the shooting in St. Peter's Square. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis says he's met with Saudi Arabia's foreign minister and urged a full and complete investigation into the killing of writer Jamal Khashoggi. He says the Saudi foreign minister is indeed promising a full investigation. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727 727- Three eight four six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted, and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments, so call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. Are your credit cards maxed out? Do you owe more than $10,000? Are you juggling your bills only making minimum payments? Credit card companies are playing a dirty trick on you. They want you to think you must pay it all back, and that's simply not true. Credit card companies hate it when we expose their secrets. In fact, there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. National Debt Relief offers programs that help you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped Tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $1 billion of debt. National Debt Relief has earned an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're also the number one rated debt relief program by top consumer reviews and top 10 reviews. Don't declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. Settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Call National Debt Relief now at 800-645-1660. 800-645-1660. 800-645-1660. Saturday afternoons at 12.15. Join Paul Porter and the home team for the Gaspers Company, McDonald's Restaurant's High School Athlete of the Week, honoring student-athletes making a positive impact in our community on and off the field. The Caspers Company, McDonald's Restaurant's High School Athlete of the Week is soccer star Blakely Bird from Academy of Holy Names. The Caspers Company, McDonald's Restaurant's High School Athlete of the Week, Saturday afternoons at 12.15 during the home team on AM 860. The Answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. High Richter and risk in effect through this evening. Sunshine today with low humidity, high 77. Clear night tonight with a low 60. Then tomorrow, sunny to partly cloudy, high 85. Clear to partly cloudy at night with a low tomorrow night of 64. Tuesday, a mostly sunny day, high getting up to 86. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Kevin Snyder for AM860, The Answer.
And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. We're talking about the Florida uh, constitutional amendments, which are on the ballot. And Bill and I were talking at halftime, and uh, we both said, you know, we feel like we're back in school. I mean, you got to have a textbook to to decipher these things. And why don't they have standalone uh, line item amendments rather than clumping together two or three things in, into one amendment? And I would guess, I'm guessing that it has to do with lobbying and the cost of lobbying and that these uh, PACs and political groups get together and say, well, let's put these three together or these two and because we're going to be lobbying this way and you're going to be lobbying that way, it'll be cheaper for both of us. So um, I have no idea. It makes absolutely no sense. And and like I said to Bill, whether you pass or fail because it's a yes-no test uh, depends on, on who's who's uh, who's scoring the test, whether they're liberal, conservative, or somewhere in the middle. So uh, a lot of this doesn't make any sense. What we really need is a constitutional amendment in Florida that mandates that any new amendment to the Constitution uh, be a standalone amendment, a line-item amendment, so that you wouldn't be able to have uh, uh, Marcy's Law and extending the Supreme Court retirement age on the same amendment. It just doesn't make any sense. Again, that's Amendment 6. That's a no on Amendment 6 because the the greater goal here is to uh, stop judicial activism and liberalism, and we don't want to extend the stay on the court, on the Florida Supreme Court, of the three liberal justices who are due for mandatory retirement in 2019. So... We're moving on now. We're down to Amendment 9. This would prohibit offshore oil and gas drilling. It prohibits vaping in enclosed indoor workplaces. What on earth does offshore oil and gas drilling have to do with vaping in enclosed indoor workplaces? I mean, most workplaces are already non-smoking, and that includes vaping anyway. But uh, I, I just don't get it. And, and the Bill would prohibit oil drilling beneath waters controlled by Florida, prohibits the use of e-cigarettes, also known as vaping, at indoor workplaces. Uh, uh, am I missing something here, Bill? What Are they are they somehow related? Or I don't get it. It's exactly an example of what I was talking about. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Why don't they have these two stand alone? Well, and who cares about I mean, why do we need a constitutional amendment for vaping? in indoor workplaces. So this is definitely a no. I mean, a yes vote would enshrine in the Constitution a ban on oil and gas drilling beneath Florida state waters, exempt shipments of oil and gas on Florida's waters so you could still ship them in and out, possibly signal to the federal government Floridians' opposition to offshore drilling, apply constitutional restrictions to drilling only to waters under state control, not to waters under federal control, add new restrictions to the Constitution on the use of electronic vaping devices, largely mirroring current constitutional restrictions on indoor workplace smoking, create exceptions to the vaping restriction in homes, bars, vaping retailers, and hotel rooms designated for vaping, and allow local governments to pass stricter regulations on the use of vaping devices. I I mean, to me, that seems like it should be uh, a legislative uh, effort, but I don't know, maybe maybe it requires a constitutional amendment. You know, I'm opposed to the offshore, the ban on offshore drilling, and I was talking with uh, uh, an oil guy at the 2012 National Convention here in, in Tampa, I can't remember his name, and he said, 
He said, Doc, I can drill from the shore. I can drill down and then go uh, horizontally out to uh, angle out to a pocket of oil without ever putting a platform out. And I said, well, why don't we do that? He said, because the environmentalists won't let you do it. So we risk instead uh, humongous oil spills in the Gulf of Mexico because of this refusal of the environmentalists and the federal government and the state governments to allow the drillers to do what they can do now, which is to go on land down a certain depth and then horizontally head out and hit a pocket of oil that way. And you may say, well, why are we even using oil? Well, listen, I'm all for going nuclear, but uh, and I've been yelling this since I was in junior high school, that we need to go nuclear, and everybody keeps saying, well, that'll take 10 years or 20 years, and they say that every 10 or 20 years, and so then we're 10 or 20 years further behind, and they say, well, why can't we use solar? Well, because it doesn't produce enough, uh, and it's still very costly. The price is coming down. Well, why don't we use wind? Well, wind is not going to produce anywhere close to the power requirements that we have and need. Uh, uh, geothermal, well, that's great. You drill down and find yourself a, a hot spring and see if you can tap into that. Or better yet, why don't you move up to uh, Glacier National Park? You can drill right down into the, into the active volcano or the smoldering volcano beneath Glacier National Park, and you can heat stuff up that way. And, and produce energy by creating steam from underground. Uh, those are not the most practical ways to do it, uh, especially in a country this size. So I think that we need to, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on which side of the economic coin you're on, continue to drill for oil and gas. And, uh, you know, until the state and federal governments come to their senses and allow us to drill on land and then angle outward, we're going to have to drill offshore. Also, the drilling offshore does is remove the unsightliness of uh, a drilling rig and all of the mess that comes with drilling rigs, which is not a great area that it takes up, but still, it, it doesn't look nice to a lot of the, of the environmentalists and it scares the little animals. And of course, we don't want to scare the little animals and we, and we certainly don't want to scare any of the uh, any of the Hondurans who are coming up through Mexico, they're little children. We don't want to scare them from coming to the U.S. border and trying to get in here illegally. So we don't want any oil uh, rigs down on the border, and we don't want any on our shores here in, in Florida. Actually, they wouldn't be on the shore. They'd be further in, but inland. But uh, nevertheless, you know, the, the activists see this as some kind of a – or some kind of an environmental evil – so if you prohibit offshore oil and gas drilling and you prohibit onshore oil, gas, and oil drilling, then we're going to have to go nuclear, which is fine with me. But most people are scared to death of nuclear. They think that nuclear energy and nuclear radiation are going to kill them. And as I told my friends back in the 60s and 70s, that ain't going to kill us. What's going to kill us is our own hydrocarbon waste, and that's what carbon dioxide uh, is. It's, it's, it's a hydrocarbon waste product. Carbon dioxide is the end product, one of the gases that's expelled when you burn 
carbon, when you burn sugar, when you burn gas, when you burn oil, when you burn carbohydrates in your body or on the stove, what's released, if it's completely oxygenated, oxidized, is carbon dioxide and water. And again, water is the number one greenhouse gas. So we're creating more water and more greenhouse gas. And carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas, not as potent as water, uh, but it is affecting the acidity of the ocean. And so if you don't want nuclear energy, then you do want more global warming. If you believe in that, you want more greenhouse gases. If you believe that burning uh, carbon based fuels creates more greenhouse gases, which apparently it does. So I'm going to vote no on this. I don't want to prohibit offshore oil and gas drilling unless we have another amendment that will allow more nuclear plants in Florida and that they will be on a fast track and that they will be uh, uh, cookie cutter so that you don't have five different designs coming down the pipeline, which requires uh, years and years of uh, scrutiny and vetting and voting and passing all kinds of regulations. And and so I, I, I'm going to vote yes. I mean, I'm going to vote no on this, and I'm still for offshore drilling until people come to their senses. When they do come to their senses, hopefully they'll come to their senses on the side of Dr. Bill, who knows what the right thing is to do and who is telling you as a scientist, as a physician, as someone who has observed the way that this country has gone energy-wise for the past 70 years, well, I mean, I remember at least 60 of it. I remember President Eisenhower and his Atoms for Peace initiative, which was meant to introduce nuclear power plants around the world to our friends. And I think it was a great thing. And come on, how many people have actually died from a nuclear power plant disaster? Less than 100, for God's sakes, less than 100. Less than 100 people have died from nuclear accidents at nuclear power plants. Give me a break. How many people have died from emphysema and COPD from all the smog and soot and crap in the air from burning coal and oil and gas? Gazillions, gazillions, I'm telling you, gazillions, half the planet is dying from this. Well, not half the planet, but at any rate, you got the idea. Amendment 10, state and local government structure and operation. This requires the legislature to hold its sessions in early January or on even-numbered years, creates an Office of Domestic Security and Counterterrorism within the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, mandates the existence of a State Department of Veterans Affairs, forces all counties to elect a sheriff, tax collector, property appraiser, supervisor of election, and clerk of circuit court. I have no idea what this is all about. It fixes the date for, leg for state legislature sessions in even-numbered years as the second Tuesday in January. Okay, that doesn't bother me. Create an Office of Domestic Security and Counterterrorism within the Florida Department of Law Enforcement and establish it as the lead agency in terrorism investigation and response. I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. What do you think, Bill? Is this a needed thing? Uh, I have no idea. Um, 
I would think that uh, we already had the mechanisms there, but if not, then I'm all for it. Force the legislature to always have a Department of Veterans Affairs. Okay. If that's a good thing, I'm for it. And force all Florida counties, even those with, with a charter, to hold elections for all five local constitutional offices found in the state constitution. I guess this is just, just for continuity uh, amongst the counties, and I don't have a problem with that. Uh, and a no vote would continue allowing the legislature to set a start date for its lawmaking sessions in even numbered years, uh, reject a constitutionally mandated Office of Security and Counterterrorism under the FDLE, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, that is, reject a constitutionally mandated Department of Veteran Affairs, allowing the legislature to determine if Florida should have such a department which it currently does. So this would just take what the legislature has already passed and enshrined it in the Constitution and allow charter counties to continue determining the duties of the five county offices identified uh, and how they would be elected or appointed. So, uh, so supporters, 66 elected sheriffs in Florida's elected tax collectors, clerk of the courts, and property appraisers, and opponents are the League of Women Voters. I have no idea, really. I have no idea what to think of this amendment. Um, it sounds like a lot of it is already in place. Um, I don't. I can't remember. I probably voted yes just because I'm confused and I don't know any better. Uh, again, this goes back to why do we have all of these unrelated items on one amendment? It makes no sense. Probably a no vote would be the rational thing, just as a vote to say, what are you guys talking? What are you guys talking about? Was that you, Bill? Are you there? Am I on air? Hello, Bill. Keep talking. I don't know if I'm on air or not, folks. I don't hear my my wingman, and we're getting near the end of the show anyway. Yes, we're on air. Okay, good. <laughs> I think I lost Bill for for a minute. He must have lost his audio feed to me, and now. I hear somebody calling me, but I don't know who it is. So we're at Amendment 11, and Amendment is property rights, removal of obsolete provisions and criminal statutes. It repeals the state's ability to prohibit non-citizens from buying, owning, and securing property, deletes a provision that forces the state to prosecute criminal suspects under the law they were originally charged under, even if the legislature changes that law and deletes obsolete language having to do with high-speed rail in Florida. Now, repeal, it would repeal a nearly century-old provision that allows the legislature to restrict the property rights of non-citizens, deletes language that requires criminal suspects to be prosecuted under the provisions of the law they're accused of breaking even if the law is changed by the legislature and keeps language that requires prosecution if the law is repealed, deletes a section of the Constitution concerning high-speed transportation that was repealed by voters in 2004. The language, however, was not removed. 
and a no vote would continue to allow the legislature to pass laws restricting property rights of non-citizens, continue to mandate that criminal suspects prosecuted under the law, they're accused of breaking even if the state changes that law and retains a section of the Constitution above high-speed transportation, even though voters repealed that section in 2004. So it looks like this is a, a yes vote. The supporters are the Florida Chamber of Commerce, Southern Poverty Law Center. So we've got both sides of the family on that. And then Amendment 12, lobbying and abuse of office by public officers. Uh, I have no idea. Expands ethic rules for elected officials and government employees, notably by expanding from two to six years the time that many officials would have to wait before they could obtain or before they could lobby state government. I'm opposed to that. I mean, uh, what's the difference? They're just going to form super PACs and go around that anyway. So uh, I'm voting no on that. Opponents are Florida Chamber of Commerce. And then Amendment 13, dog racing bans, wagering on any type of dog racing, notably greyhounds, as of December 31st, 2020, while continuing to allow dog tracks to continue offering other types of gambling, including poker rooms. I guess this is uh, the humane thing to do because there's so much anti-dog sentiment uh, that supposedly the greyhounds are treated poorly once they're retired. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, It's going to result in a loss of about a million dollars in tax and fees. uh, And uh, it would allow continuing gambling, poker playing, which is now going on at the dog tracks anyway. So the supporters are the Gray to USA, the League of Women Voters, and the Voters of Florida. The opponents are the Florida Greyhound Association, Florida Chamber of Commerce. I voted no on this. Very simply, it, uh, it, it doesn't really tell me anything new about the sentiment of the anti-dog racing uh, vote, uh, but I, I, I have not seen in the cruelty, the um, uh, SPCA ads, I haven't seen any greyhounds headlined, any greyhound farms as being uh, targeted for raids by the SPCA. So I don't know how true any of this uh, abuse of the greyhounds is. They're so skinny anyway, who knows they're being s- starved to death. So we're getting close to the end of the show here. And, I must uh, apologize. A uh, little radio, radio magic giving up here. I, I talked to the uh, host of the next show while Doctor is wrapping up his show, and I for, and I take that noise out of uh, Doc's ear so he doesn't hear another conversation, and I forgot to turn it back on. Okay, so now we know why we lost Bill. All my fault. And now it's everything's Bill's fault. Anything that goes wrong with this show is Bill's fault. So you can blame Bill, and you can call Barb at the station and tell her Bill is a bad boy and he needs another spanking. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> But that's my take on the Florida amendments, which, again, are a test. Uh, uh, I think you have to be uh, either a Ph.D. or a lawyer to ferret all this out. But there you go with the skinny on it from Dr. Bill, your radio MD. And now you know how to vote. And I'm sure you're going to vote my way, Bill. Uh, You're not talking to me. No, I'm playing this uh, show back uh, on on Election Day just so I can brush it up. Oh, right. You're my man. You're my man. I love it. 
more more air, more press for Dr. Bill. And we're, what what do we got? About thirty seconds left. Thirty five. All right. So um, I just want to say to everybody again uh, that our hearts go out to, and I'm sure I speak for our, for everybody in the audience to all the folks that were affected by this uh, mass shooting at the synagogue in Pittsburgh, and oh my gosh, anti-Semitism cannot be tolerated. And it's also uh, another heads up to the Jewish side of the family, we got to arm, we got to protect ourselves, we can't sit by. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, I'll see you guys next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.